Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card. I hope everyone's been enjoying this tremendous tremendous football bonanza over the Christmas and New Year period and it's continued into Jan and probably into Feb as well. Hi Dipen, how are you? What are your thoughts on the past couple of weeks and how the tables lo- looking right now because how the tables have turned. Where are Liverpool? And I dare say this and with a little heavy heart Glory, glory, Man United! <laughs> yeah, Chirag, absolutely bonkers this season that has been. The teams are in a constant up and down flow. A few string, a few good performances together, and you find yourself in a very commanding position. And just vice versa, a few bad performances, and certainly everything's all doom and gloom. So Manchester United are sitting pretty on top of the tree. Manchester City and Leicester right on their tail. And Liverpool are down to fourth, only one point ahead of fifth place Tottenham, who have a game in hand compared to Liverpool. Chirag, how do you feel about that? Well, honestly, this all has started since a while back. Liverpool have had a series of bad results, and honestly, only themselves to blame. And this started, I think, whether it was with the draw at Fulham or the draw at West Brom. And I remember me being pretty hard on Liverpool and Klopp. And you turning around to me and saying, Chirag, you're being a little too hard on them. But you know what? There's been a draw at Fulham. There's been a draw at West Brom. There's been a loss at Southampton. There's been and there's been a just a series of ridiculous runs. I think maybe it was a draw at Newcastle and a loss at Anfield against Burnley. Burnley. And this is the first time that they've lost at Anfield in 68 matches. So probably half the squad has never seen a loss at Anfield. And Just some poor, poor football. The team selection, I dare say, from Klopp has been questionable to say the least. I remember him starting Salah against Mitchell End in the Champions League, and nobody knew why because they had already topped the group. He rested Salah and Firmino. Diego Jota is still injured. It just didn't make sense, and you can see Klopp's frustration. He's had a go at Sean Dyche as well. I don't really appreciate some of his press con- conferences. The tone of the press conferences have changed over the course of the last three to four months, and there's a lot going wrong at Liverpool right now. And I don't think that you can even blame injuries or the loss of Van Dijk. Things need to change, and things need to change really, really fast. Can they do it? Yes, they can. They're still probably a good seven points off the league leaders if you count City's game in hand and they win it. But it's something that they can definitely catch up, especially bearing in mind the kind of topsy-turvy season this has been. So if you put on a few good games, go on a good run, I still think this is rectifiable. This is repairable. But it's going to be tough for Klopp and the Cop, and and really we have our hands full right now. Yeah, it was quite a surprise actually seeing such a drastic downturn from Liverpool. At some point uh, earlier this season, they looked like they would continue their dominance, and you know, of the past two seasons, they have had two fantastic seasons actually. They've only won the last one, but even the one before, they scored nearly ninety eight or ninety nine points and only lost because Manchester United, Manchester City had an unbelievable season. So it's really surprising that this has happened, but and it has gone on way far too longer than what I expected. I thought maybe okay, a couple of game poor games and they'll bounce back like they used to, but that bounce back doesn't seem to be coming. So that's why it's a lot more concerning right now. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think at the moment, we need to stop talking about Liverpool because they're in the news for all the wrong reasons. And I have nothing positive to say other than Klopp needs to get his act together. And so do the boys at Liverpool. And I think we actually should move on and spend some time talking about both the Manchester clubs. Because Manchester, whether you're in the red half or the blue half, both flying high right now. And the best part is we are talking about the Red Devils. Scholzka has actually managed to turn things around literally on its heels. He's actually on top of the table now doing really well. They've taken out a draw against Liverpool, which is again a, a very good draw in my opinion because Liverpool needed to win it more than United did. Uh, they find themselves in a very healthy position. Assuming City win their game in hand, they're going to be one point off the top. As it stands, they're currently league leaders. What also I find interesting is once Paul Pogba has basically declared his intent to leave, the man is playing like a man possessed. I have never seen him in better form for Manchester United. And that is just something that has me wondering, where was this Paul Pogba all along? Whatever the reasons, Pogba is playing well, United's playing well, they seem to be coming together as a group, the defence looks decent. Maguire is leading the way, very, very different from the kind of start Maguire and the defence had to the season. So, it looks like most, if not all of the pieces of the puzzle for Manchester United are actually falling into place to paint. Yeah, absolutely they are and they have continued the string of impressive performances right through and Paul Pogba is the one who's been leading them to that. Uh, he scored some lovely goals in during this time. He's been part of the team, leading them as well and controlling that midfield. So, all the criticism that he got previously leading up to this last, say, four or five games. And, and he's proved everyone wrong in at least for these four or five games. So, we don't know how long he will continue putting in these performances or how long he is going to stay at Manchester United. But at least for now, I, I'm sure no one in and around Manchester United is complaining about that. Well, I'm not a United fan and I'm not complaining because I finally see the Pogba we all wanted to see. So, uh, actually, it's good for United, it's good for the game of football, good for the English Premier League and it's very, very exciting if you're a United fan. Moving on to the other, other side of Manchester now, I think, again, Pep Guardiola, who recently, I think, celebrated his 50th birthday, has gone on an unbelievable string of matches. He's actually performing really, really well without any established striker. Remember, Jesus has been injured, Aguero injured for much of the season and I think has picked up COVID, if I'm not mistaken. He's self-isolating. And like we spoke about it last time, the City defence seems to be doing most of the work, which is just amazing. I actually finally got Edison into my fantasy football team as well as Dice, so I'm hoping that they don't let me down now. But it's actually an amazing run of wins, whether you're talking about the FA Cup, whether you're talking about the Champions League, whether you're talking about uh, the Carabao Cup, I think they're still alive in, as well as the Premier League. So, they've, they've actually knit together a good run of matches and solid defence. Still probably not as prolific as one would like in the top half of the field, the, the top third. But they're getting there and as long as they're getting the results, I don't see anyone at Manchester City complaining. Yeah, absolutely. They've put on... Now, they have a winning streak of nine games. And during those nine games, they've only conceded two goals. So, they've really been a very, very mean defence. And uh, we were talking at the start of the season how City have suddenly transformed into 
you know a solid and stable defense and that seems to have continued so the injection of ruben diaz into the defensive lineup has really bolstered the attack he's probably leading and with stones picking up his form and not making the mistakes that he used to previously i think they're they're really solid at the back and even though without the strikers as you said both aguero and esus were missing for large parts of the season esus even when he was playing wasn't really doing a great job so as of now up till the last match city were it, it looked like looked to me like city would really you know go go on from here and once they have everyone fit and performing would really close all debate of the league leaders and who's on top right now but with the injury to kevin de bruyne i think there is still a little bit for the other teams to you know just capitalize on this advantage that that they have over city with city being at a slight disadvantage with those two players missing were really key for them to you know capitalize and put in some you know points in the bank ahead of city to keep that advantage for when city will come full firing once these two return as well well it's definitely going to be interesting the pain because i'm glad you brought up john stones what really interests me is the fact that emerick laporte was probably the most established center back at the start of the season they got ruben dias in to basically play alongside him and strengthen the defense laporte has been in and out whether it's covid whether it's injuries He's been in and out, and John Stones, and I think they paid fifty million odd at that time for John Stones a few years ago, and he's finally coming good this season and showing what he's about. So I'll be surprised if they actually let him go because there've been rumours of I think Everton wanting him and maybe another club here and there. But he's really proving his worth right now, and with Walker, with Cancelo on the right and left side fullbacks, I think they're looking a good, good defence and really something to be contended with. so it's going to be really interesting i i'll be still surprised if people end up stopping them unless kevin de bruyne and aguero are out for more than another four weeks so it's going to be an interesting end to the season or the second interesting second half to the season to say the least i think other than these three sides we definitely have to go to an impressive leicester side who have been performing amazingly well and now have to do the same without vardy for the next 6 weeks because he's to undergo a surgery what are your thoughts on leicester and and brendan rodgers side as it stands right now so while the manchester clubs and liverpool and tottenham all get spoken about and get all the hype leicester is very quietly under the radar going on and doing his job and you know putting out one performance after another strong stable consistent and they are just two points away from the top of the table so it's it's been a really impressive performance for them uh, madison is coming into his own now wadi was always there and there about so it's it's a little bit of a bad luck that he has to go off and get get a surgery done i think it's a hernia operation so it's only dependent on how much time it takes for him to recover to come back otherwise uh, the operation is not a major operation so hopefully he'll be back soon and they have they 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 picked up they've lost a lot of defenders over the last couple of years to other top premier league clubs and they've somehow managed to get in new players i think people like castanier and fofana they're just still in their 19s and early 20s and you know just playing their first or second season in the premier league and doing such a stellar job that actually it's just it, you could give that credit to the system that they have or brendan rogers and the coaching staff who you know fill these guys with confidence just leave them out there let them perform and they're doing a fantastic job of that absolutely agreed the pain i 
couldn't echo any other thoughts so i i echo your sentiments and couldn't do a better job with what you said in terms of lesnar the consistent the looking good and i'm going to hope that they can continue this right up till the end of the season because it'll make for an interesting finish to the season and since we're talking about lesnar let's zoom from lesnar to chelsea and the reason i say that is because ben chilwell left lesnar for a champions league playing side and for a side that will probably challenge for the title as it currently stands leicester are the ones in the top 4 and chelsea are maybe eighth so let's talk about chelsea and frank lampard's woes and the blues that he's facing currently yeah chelsea is really really struggling they're struggling to get in any sort of decent performances together they got really lucky against fulham with fulham going down to 10 men and just managed to squeeze that match 1-0 and against leicester leicester really showed up the weaknesses of the team and how they can be found wanting against you know good decent sides they are now yeah they are now ninth on the table on the same points at southampton and southampton have a game in hand relative to them so, uh, so this is this is not really a good place for frank lampard and chelsea to be strong rumors going on that you know the management is having talks with frank lampard and ibrahimovic might you know press the button sooner than he normally does this time round absolutely things looking bad for lampard they've got a series of bad results and honestly they really need to go back to the drawing board and figure out what's wrong because the sad part is i don't actually think that there's been bad recruitment because timo werner was going crazy last season for leipzig and i would have bet a lot of money on that man Oh, Kai Havertz, very, very young. I still think he's going to come good. Ziyech, unfortunately, has been injured for most of the season. Whenever he's come on, he's been impressive. And I think much of their who's are in the top half of the field, the top third of the field, and where they've not really kicked on. And a lot of money has been spent, obviously, on these three players. And there's a lot of pressure for these three players to perform, and they've done none of that. Having said that, I think Thiago, who's come on a free transfer. has actually given some solidarity to that defense mendy has been a good addition to the defense but they've still started leaking goals in the recent past few matches so there's a lot to be changed at chelsea and they need to change it rather fast because otherwise there's going to be a sudden drop and they could very well go out of the top 10 into the bottom half very soon and that would really be curtains for lampard and his days as a chelsea manager Yeah for sure I mean it's very hard to explain why they they've been struggling the way they've been struggling because they definitely have the quality they have the players Lampard has shown that he can you know get a team of players who uh, to perform above their weight that's what happened last year where he didn't have the resources but then still they still put on really good performances so it's really difficult to explain why this season they aren't able to get in results that they should be ideally getting Absolutely the pain and now we can move on to two other London clubs that I would definitely like to talk about one is Tottenham and the other is your beloved Arsenal so why don't we have a go with Arsenal and Arteta and how things are looking for them now that Ozil seems to have packed his bags and gone to Fenerbahce Yes I think finally the long pending divorce between Arsenal and Ozil has uh, come to fruition He's finally on his way to Fenerbahce. They've come to an agreement. Both parties were in a place where they just wanted to put this behind them, and it didn't work out ideally well for either one. So Ozil still has a few years of football, so 
he he's going to at least get a chance to show off his skills now and arsenal now can you know look to fill that gap with someone else maybe someone younger maybe someone a lot cheaper than ozil uh, they they've also had a good run of decent results they they now coming back up the gap to chelsea now is only 2 points so not that far off chelsea helping a little bit of the helping in li- reducing the gap a little bit so they missed an opportunity i thought against crystal palace where they they had they didn't start off that well they had a few opportunities but then managed to close it and a nil nil draw wasn't really the result anyone was looking for but then came back strong against newcastle so there is a lot of positives happening with arsenal obviously smithro and saka the way they the two of them have been playing has been really positive they are getting in i think uh, martin odegaard from real madrid on loan for this season at least hopefully that's a deal with a buyout clause otherwise i don't know how much sense it makes just for a stopgap arrangement but hopefully at least uh, for this season he'll be available as a playmaker so definitely there are positive signs and things are looking looking up quite a bit so Let's hope so. So I think they really need Aubameyang and Lacazette to start striking, and William probably too, as you know, really not shown his true colours in our Arsenal jersey other than the first couple of games of the season. Odegaard is a good addition in my opinion, and uh, the likes of Thomas Partey coming back as well only boosts the Arsenal side. So let's hope they can actually put together a series of results that are positive and that can get them maybe in the top six rather soonish. Because yes. Uh, Chelsea have obviously helped the Arsenal cause by points, but remember Chelsea looking bad themselves. So I don't think it's the best comparison, <laughs> but at least Arsenal are still moving up and in a very positive direction. Considering a few weeks ago, literally the likes of West Brom manager Sam Allardyce was considering Arsenal relegation opponent. So I think it's definitely good news for Arsenal. Moving on to the other London club, one that I would love to talk about, it's Jose Mourinho or sorry, should I say Jose Mourinho and his Spurs side. What are your thoughts on that Dipin? I don't really know how to, you know, talk about this Tottenham team in all honesty because they they get results when you don't expect them to get results. They put in really absurd boring performances from time to time. and when they should be dominating with the kind of players they have so i i'm really not sure how to talk about this tottenham team anymore and i'm not sure what to make of jose mourinho's tactics this season anymore he he has a good team he has a very good team at his disposal i don't think he's doing justice to them i definitely agree with your thoughts i echo the sentiment what he's doing is let me be very clear jose is simply being jose so it's confusing everybody other than jose mourinho himself they're still not that far from the top of the table there are a few points adrift so a lot can change in the second half of the season i think he needs to really take a look at his style and not play continuously counter attacking football when he's got the likes of kane and song on the side bale has definitely not done anything for me this season so either bale starts playing to his potential or obviously we wave goodbye to bale and wish him well during his last season at madrid if it continues like this but first look a really really good side regular has been a good buy i think hart as the second keeper has been good doherty has been good hoiberg's been superb so i think they really have a good side they just need to i mean you you're right mourinho needs to get the best out of these players and start playing them properly rather than just literally parking the bus and waiting to score a goal so it's going to be interesting how mourinho chooses to move forward with this first side 
But at the end of the day, they're still challenging in competitions and that's what Mourinho's been brought in for. So, it's going to be rather interesting. I, I'm intrigued because even Vinicius Jr. is playing really well from a second striker's position. And what interests me is, and I'm going to quickly shift the conversation from one team to the other, but what interests me is, rumour has it that Spurs may actually be in for Danny Ings at the end of the season. He's stalling on contract talks with Southampton because he wants Champions League football. So, it's going to be really interesting. And with that, I will move the subject from Spurs to a resolute Southampton side under Ralph Hausenhoffel and playing some really, really good football. What are your thoughts on Southampton, on the Danny Ings situation and how the coach has transformed them in the last 15 months? Yeah, Danny, Danny Ings might want to wait until Tottenham secure the Champions League position. There are a few contenders that are knocking on the door. So, maybe that. But Southampton, on the other hand, Southampton are playing really impressive football. I think the high press that they play is really good fun to watch. They really press uh, the opposition for time. Don't give them much time on the ball and, you know, are constantly moving around. They have quite a few strong players. Ings was missing for quite a lot of the previous few matches. He's just come back now. So, they will definitely be stronger. And uh, yeah, they're, they're posi- posing a real uh, cha- challenge to the top half of the table. And if, I don't think any team on the top half can take Southampton lightly at the moment. Oh, absolutely. I think Southampton and Villa have been the two finds of the season, really. They're playing some tremendous football this season. And uh, Hafen Oakville has to get a lot of credit for the way he's transformed the Southampton side from what they were to what they are today. Really believing in his philosophies and I think he's really going the clock way and I think in the future he's going to manage one of the top Premier League sides or a top side, uh, whether it's in the Bundesliga or the Serie A or even the, uh, the La Liga. So, he's definitely a coach and a good manager to watch out for in my opinion. And uh, moving on then to Villa, I think they've actually done a super job. They just came off a good victory last night. Uh, interestingly though, before the previous match, I think last night was against Newcastle. So, Steve Bruce has really a lot of problems for him as a manager. He's another manager that I think is one of the favourites to get sacked. But let me not drift from talking about Aston Villa. Dean Smith's side looking really good. Barkley's comeback from injury. Grealish looking good. Watkins looking good. Again, a lot of positives for Villa and they have a game or two in hand. And let's not forget the fact that Dean Smith, before the Newcastle game, I believe got sent off for throwing a tantrum on the touchline because of the offside rule. And I think that while the referees were right about the rule as such, it I agree with Smith. It's a ridiculous rule and it's really enabled the opposition team to score the goal. So, uh, I don't really have any other thoughts again other than complaining about the rules this time rather than complaining <laughs> about VAR. I, I definitely side Dean Smith. But Villa overall... Super side and looking really good. Very exciting football. They, they're definitely one of the good teams to watch this season. They, they've been playing some astonishingly good football. And I, I think nothing more to add. You've said everything that needs to be said about them. So, just wanted to actually add that along with Aston Villa, Southampton, the other revelation has also been West Ham. West Ham has been doing really well as well. They they are on 7th on the table right now. Absolutely, the pain. West Ham, 7th on the table. And I think they actually may look to offer Moyes a new contract at the end of the season and deservedly so because 
He's really transformed this West Ham side. And I'm actually excited for the fans to have an opportunity to hopefully come in before the end of this season and actually see their side performing the way they have been all season. So, it's going to be interesting. Antonio's performing really, really well. Just, you know, one of those things where there's no explanation because I remember West Ham turning around against Spurs. And I think they were down 3-0 and they do three th- and they drew the match 3-3 in a span of minutes. And that just speaks a lot. It speaks volumes about the attitude and the never say die, the never say die attitude and the resolute and the doggedness of, of West Ham, if I may say so. So lot of positives all around London if you go to see other than Chelsea. <laughs> because West Ham looked good. Arsenal looking better, Spurs right in there. It's only Chelsea are the only London club that seem to have the blues. Yeah, I think just to wrap up in other news, Sheffield United finally got their first victory of this season. Yeah, and that's not like I think it's going to make too much of a difference to their fans or to the league results. But uh, nevertheless, positive news is always welcome. Uh, Another thing I would like to say just before we wrap up is pressure is building on Steve Bruce. And as pressure is building on Steve Bruce, guess which manager left their job in the Chinese Super League? (laughs) One, Rafa Benitez is now available and is very, very popular on Tyneside. That's something to watch out for. But yeah, Newcastle is really struggling. And also, I think struggling are Wolves. Wolves are also really having a tough time right now. Absolutely, and they've never looked the same with the absence in the absence of Raul Jimenez. So I would think that in the January transfer window, they would have actually managed to get a couple of options. And I'm not sure whether they got a striker in. I thought they did, and it remains to be seen whether he'll actually be able to fill the big boots that Raul Jimenez has left right now. Yeah, they they are having a tough time. Raul Jimenez gone. They lost a couple of players before the start of the season also. I think Doherty was a key player for them. And of course, there is uh, Jota. Diego Jota. (laughs) (laughs) That that was also a very key factor. So, yeah, definite struggles for them. They're not too far above the relegation uh, relegation zone either. I'm not saying that they're at the risk of getting relegated, but there definitely shows the kind of struggle they've had. Well, I think... The pain from our perspective from tonight. Let's call it a wrap tonight. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And we will be back with lots more action on the other side. Cheers. Good night everyone. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers.